Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Lynn Hall is our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, so we appreciate her help and hard work and carving out time from her already ridiculous busy day. And we're trying to connect up with Leonard Steinhorn of American University History and Communications, his specialties. And uh, we have talked to him about politics and the ebb and flow of politics in the past, so we'll get connected today and talk to him Always about a fascinating that. guest. Uh, with that, let's hit that button and uh, hope that that is him. Leonard, good morning. Hey, good morning. How Perfect. are you? <laughs> good. Uh, Leonard Stein. Excited to talk about politics with you, Leonard. <laughs> politics? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the ebb and flow of the populace and the body politic. No, it's the new national pastime. <laughs> right, it sure is. Okay, so uh, let's start at the beginning here. We are just weeks away from the midterm election, and we got debates underway. And uh, your, your assessment of just how many seats Republicans might pick up? Lawrence's worthless estimate, 30-some, but what's an expert got to say? Uh, well, I'll quote Joe Biden using two words, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. The, the, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the pundits are now saying, well, did the Democrats peak too early um, when they made it really competitive? And some people were saying that the Democrats were going to potentially even hold on to both houses over the summer after the uh, decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. People are saying, did they peak too early? There was that the Roe v. Wade decision came right around the time when gas prices started to decline. Uh, but now you're seeing a slight uptick again of gas prices, more concerns about ongoing and lingering inflation and that we're not getting beyond it, uh, concerns about the stock market, people looking at their retirement plans and worrying about that. Um, and so, you know, the question is, did the Democrats peak too early? Well, look. Polls are great. They can tell us a lot of things. But as we've seen too often over time, they just don't know who's turning out to vote. And an election like this is not about the mood of the country. It's about the mood of the voters. And since only about half or so of Americans eligible to vote will actually vote, um, we don't know exactly who they are. Now, the big question is, uh, are some of those folks who sort of had trended Democratic in 2018 and 2020, the so-called mythological suburban women, um, are they going to be more concerned about inflation in the economy and cast their ballot with Republicans this year, even though they're still nervous about Donald Trump and what he represents in the party and all of the people who were election deniers who are running as Republicans right now? Again, we just don't know where exactly they're at. And since polls have a margin of error of, let's say, plus or minus three or four points, it can go either way. You could have a tied race in the poll, 
But then when you add in the margin of error, it can be 48 to 40 one way or 48 to 40 the other way. So we don't know that. Um, uh, and so, I, yeah, the odds are is that the Republicans are going to pick up seats and in all likelihood control the House. And that the Senate right now, if you're trying to predict anything like that, um, you know, uh, good luck, because it could go either way. It could go 50 two 48 Democrats, 51, 49 Republicans. It could stay 50-50, uh, even with uh, Vice President Harris with his deciding vote. So again, lots at stake in all of this, but even if the Republicans control both houses, they still would have a struggle to pass legislation because of one thing, and that's the ability of President Biden to veto what they do. Let me ask you this, Leonard. The generic ballot, for the first time, uh, has Republicans extending their lead. A little while ago, it was considerably closer after Roe versus Wade decision came down. How, what does that translate to? I mean, does that actually mean anything? Yeah, it does mean something. I mean, uh, you know, the, there are some political scientists who will say that the Democrats need to have a general, you know, generic ballot sort of edge of a couple of points uh, to be able to even have a chance of winning Congress because the way that certain uh, uh, districts have been gerrymandered and the way that certain uh, 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 congressional districts are shaped. Um, that being said, uh, if the Republicans are inching toward a two, three, four-point generic ballot loss uh, win, um, that should scare a lot of Democrats because that could mean that there's the potential for a wave election on the Republican side. But again, add in the margin of error, and even if you have a generic ballot sort of edge of four points for the Republicans, that could still mean a sort of a huge win by Republicans, an eight-point victory or a seven. Or it could mean that they're virtually tied, in which case the Republicans still might have an edge, but not such a big edge to make it a wave. So this should worry the Democrats a great deal. Here's the other thing that's been going on. This is the other sort of primary that's been going on in all of this is the money uh, election. Uh, the Republicans through any number of their committees, and a lot of people are contributing to them under the notion that they may actually control the House, um, have been dumping a lot of money into these races. And a lot of Democrats are feeling worried that they've been overwhelmed. The candidates themselves, the Democrats have done fine. The party committees, the Republicans have done really fine. Um, and because of that, they put a lot of money in these last six weeks, and they're going to continue to put a lot of money into the next couple of weeks, and that could have made a big difference in some of these races. And then you look at, for example, some Senate races like North Carolina or Ohio, which the polls, again, have shown pretty tight races in which the Democrats have a chance to win both of those and flip those seats, and the Democrats haven't really put too much money into either of those seats, which suggests that they don't have a lot of money to spend or that they're defending too many seats and worried about too many losses or too many Democratic seats uh, turning red. So again, the money issue is a big part of it right now as well. We'll give us your analysis of the Fetterman-Oz race here in Pennsylvania. You have uh, Fetterman, a pretty uh, left-leaning Democrat, and uh, but suffered a stroke, so that's been brought up and talked about, about a lot. Dr. Oz had a very close primary, barely won, uh, widely viewed as uh, being uh, a carpetbagger, but, uh, but still qualified, <laughs> you know, probably going to be a good Republican if he gets elected. Your analysis? Again, 
a very, very tight race. This is one that the Democrats have been counting on to flip, to be able to hold on to the uh, Senate in case other races don't go their way. Um, the Democrats are worried about Nevada, for example, about that flipping and going red. Um, so, yeah, what might happen? Again, you've got to imagine this is a very, very tight race. And, you know, when you have uh, sort of all of these surrogates coming to the state and campaigning, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Barack Obama or or um, Donald Trump, you you know that the stakes are very high here. Look, Dr. Oz got off to a bumpy start. There was a lot of criticism about his campaign. People now feel that he's gotten his sea legs more um, and that he's steadied himself and that he's been uh, attacking Fetterman, as you suggest, is very left-wing. Um, and he's really closed the gap in many ways in the polls. So even though Fetterman seems to hold a slight edge in many of these polls, it's still within the margin of error, which tells you that it could go either way. Um, Fetterman, of course, has been struggling because of the stroke, um, and, you, and Dr. Oz has made an issue about that. So I have to imagine that the Fetterman team is sort of thinking about how they're going to be able to deal with that in the debate when Fetterman, because of his stroke, is going to be reading the questions because some of his auditory processing uh, is not going to be quite so good as he recovers from the stroke. You have to imagine Fetterman is thinking, how am I going to put Oz on the defensive at that moment and say, doctor, do you treat all of your patients by demeaning them and making fun of them uh, and not seeing their natural treatment to full health as something that they ought to be respected for? Um, you have to imagine that if the Fetterman team isn't thinking about that, um, then, then they're not doing their job and it's political malpractice because Oz has been gaining momentum. So again, this race is a toss-up. A lot of it might fall on who turns out around Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, who turns out in the suburbs. And again, as we talked about before, many of those sort of, quote, suburban women voters and whether they're going to be more concerned about uh, sort of who's running on the Republican side and uh, what that means with sort of your, your governor on the Republican side, a potential governor, um, and whether that washes over and says that they vote blue altogether, or whether they decide to split their ticket and say, I'm going to vote for Shapiro as governor, but I'm going to be open to Oz as uh, a senator because Fetterman makes me worried because either his health or his policies and all the rest. But keep in mind that as liberal as Fetterman may be on many issues, Oz has also gotten the backing of Donald Trump and could arguably be seen as extremely conservative as well. So you're really dealing with two candidates on very different sides of the political spectrum. And again, it really depends at these last few weeks where those sort of independent voters ultimately fall, whether they go all blue or they decide to split their ticket. Well, Fetterman reminds me of the kid who murders his parents and then throws himself on the mercy of the court because he's an orphan. He had the choice to take the medication that would have prevented oh, him, brother, could go. have easily prevented him from having the stroke. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have an AFib problem, too, and I know what the doctors told me. I assume they told him the same thing. But it seems to me these races, Leonard, have gotten very personal and very ugly. Georgia comes to mind here in Pennsylvania. They're making claims on some of the ads not paid for by or endorsed by any candidate that if Oz is elected, it will and abortion in the United States of America, or here in Pennsylvania. Well, of course, he's running for a federal office, not a state office. Is there any place in the country where a campaign has been run on the issues and not the personalities? Well, 
obviously they're talking about issues like abortion or like the economy. Some people even might talk about Ukraine, uh, which is a very big issue. Um, uh, but, and the media tend to highlight these personal attacks, and it is getting very, very personal. But it's not just this year that we're seeing personal attacks, and we've seen personal attacks sort of with the cloak of issues for many, many years, um, and people attacking each other's character, people attacking each other's choices, sometimes attacking each other's families, um, and that goes on and on and on. And it's really unfortunate that it's descended into that, but we've become so tribal in our politics, so deeply tribal in our politics, um, that it's not just something about issues, it's become very, very personal. Who, which party you identify with is not just about what your philosophical or ideological beliefs are, or how you view the role of government, or what you think about foreign policy. Um, it's become something that, because it's what we identify with, it's become part of our identity. And insofar it's become part of our identity, it's become far, far more personal. And that's the case whether you're 18 years old or 75 years old, you are digging in and seeing the other person as an enemy. In fact, there have been some studies and some surveys which actually show that people just don't see the other side as sort of pol the political opposition. They see the other side as almost mortal enemies and threats to our democracy. I read one study about two years ago which suggested that the level of distrust between Democrats and Republicans is as deep, if not deeper, than the level of distrust between Palestinians and Israelis. Um, so this has gotten really personal. And so the larger question is, as you sort of suggest with how personal it's gotten, is how we get out of this and survive as a country and sort of start to knit together the fabric of our people and realize that, yeah, it's okay to have different lived experiences and it's okay to have different perspectives on things and it's okay to disagree on certain laws and how we run our country. But in the long run, we're all still Americans and we have to listen to each other and be open to the sort of good faith arguments that the other side might have. Because if we don't go that space, I mean, it's a very, very dangerous position that we're placing our country in. All right. Well, next time we have you back on, we're going to ask you how we do that knitting. Maybe after the midterms, we'll have you back. And how do we knit ourselves back together? Is there some way to do that without a big tragedy or a world war? I mean, those are the kind of things that uh, draw us together at times. So to be continued. Leonard, thank you so much for your analysis and observations. It's always a pleasure to have you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Leonard Steinhorn, American University History and Communications uh, professor. Uh, Left-leaning, though not particularly evident in that a series of observations, in my opinion, Joe. Yeah, no, I thought he was okay. right down the middle. And uh, so we uh, invite your reaction to what he said, his observations. Uh, 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free line now open. You can email us at onthemarket.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. 
If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Alrighty, welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the Mark Leonard Steinhardt, our first guest of the day on the news line. Lynn Hall put him there by dialing him up, so we appreciate her being the producer today. And we got Mike on the line now. Good morning, Mike. Thanks from for calling Bloomsburg. in. Yeah, Mike from Bloomsburg. Yes, sir. A couple of us up here. Hey, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, raise that the senior citizens are going to be getting in their Social Security. It's my understanding that it's uh, close to 9%. I think 8.7 is the number I heard. And <laughs> all, my, all my senior friends, they've been doing cartwheels in anticipation of this raise, the ones that can do cartwheels anyway. And uh, I heard something yesterday that I've been trying to get verified. The, the uh, person said that this raise, one of the components of how the raise is calculated involves energy. And the time period that the government looks at the cost of energy runs July, August, and September. And this person made the case that they said that during the July, August, and September is when we were releasing oil from the strategic petroleum reserves. And the government was doing cartwheels over the fact that the uh, energy prices were dropping, you know, basically every day during that time frame. And then when October 1st hit, they stopped, okay, and prices started going back up. Now, it's my understanding Biden's going to release some more of our national security reserves uh, to try to get the price lower for the upcoming uh, election, and that's an editorial comment on my part. <laughs> now, what I'm, try what I'm trying to say here is this person made the case that during this critical time period when energy prices were coming down, we were releasing oil. And then once that critical time period was over, we stopped releasing oil and prices went up. And as a result, if the speculation is if we would not have released the oil from the strategic petroleum reserves and uh, energy prices would have stayed where they were, seniors would have been getting a raise close to 12%. In other words, about 3% higher than what we're getting. Now, they're happy with 8.7, okay? That, that's my understanding. People are happy with 8.7. They'd have been overjoyed with 12. But what would that have done to the federal budget? Because we all keep hearing about Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security uh, being on the, uh, the hot seat because we're running out of money, they're saying. And if we would have raised the uh, raises for all us baby boomers by 12% instead of 8% or whatever, that would have been a big stress so, so Biden had the best of both worlds. He protected the budget, and he bought the votes of many senior citizens. And I'm just trying to figure out if that's true. I've done an exhaustive search, but I, I haven't uh, been able to do anything yet. I'm going to start calling my representative here at 9 o'clock when they get done drinking their coffee and see if they can tell me what the story is. Did Biden try to manipulate the uh, senior citizens' uh, raise by uh, lowering, uh, lowering gas prices? Which, by the way... You know, hey, politically, that was a great move, lowering gas prices. But the reality is, if you lower gas prices, what happens to demand? We all know demand goes up. So it's, you know, counterintuitive. You know, doing, you know you're, you're doing an action that causes an increase in the problem that you have, in my mind. 
but that's our government. And finally, I just want to follow up on what uh, your your host said. He said that we have a tribal a tribal uh, society now Mentality. with the politicians. I have to tell you, I felt threatened physically for my safety because of my political views uh, in my past working history. Let me tell you that. And I don't think that was... I mean, I, I really felt uh, threatened. But I think that the leadership of our... You know, both parties are pushing this uh, tribalism, and, I, and I'm going to put the finger on the Democrat left as being the worst, because the extreme rhetoric coming from them, in my mind, is much harsher than what comes from the right. And, uh, and the media helps, too. So anyway... I think Biden tried to uh, manipulate the uh, the Social Security raise uh, and tried to manipulate it for the good of so, uh, the government at the expense of seniors. And I and I do believe that the tribalism is really starting with our leaders in Washington and Harrisburg and every other state capital. Well, I think that's the president's privilege to manipulate everything that relates to Washington that he can in terms of the midterms or anything else. That's a, a long tradition. So it wouldn't surprise me that the president had that in mind, but it also helped 200 other Americans who aren't on Social Security who, who use gasoline. And just one other sentence, uh, the release of the petroleum reserves is continuing. It didn't stop at the beginning of October. It stops at the end of October. Well, and over and above that, you talk about the budget impact if it had been, what, 13% of a rate increase? And what what impact is going to have on the budget? Well, what impact does 9.8% have or 9.7% have? It's a pretty big increase. It, oh, it, it's a huge increase. <clears throat> and again, it, it, it more money in people's pockets really, uh, really, you know, causes more demand and more demand uh, you know, if you follow what the the uh, economists say, more demand causes higher prices, generally speaking. Okay, hey, listen, I don't want to take any more of your time here. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there that, that you know, I... I, I, do, I just don't approve of manipulating energy prices for political purposes, okay? If, if we wanted to manipulate energy prices, hey, let's drill our own oil and produce more. All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for Bye. checking in. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Joe, this is... Yeah, our friend E.B. has another screed this morning. He says, Herschel Walker is a great example of why it's so hard to take conservatives seriously these days. Conservatives are always trumpeting their values. Walker comes along, having paid an ex-girlfriend for an abortion, held a loaded gun to his wife's head, and fathered multiple children to multiple women, only to become a viable Republican candidate for Senate. Why no concern with values? when it comes to him. Republicans want to force 10-year-old incest victims to give birth and imprison women for having abortions, but are totally okay with Walker's baby killing and history of domestic violence. In the end, it isn't about values with conservatives at all. It's about power, and they'll happily support any awful, immoral person they think will help them gain power. It's as simple as that. Remember, folks, vote for decent human beings this November. Vote Democratic. Yes, let's vote for Raphael Warnock for senator, who is a Herschel opponent, ran over his wife's foot with a car, his wife beat her. You know, real good values there, too. He's a wife beater? That's my understanding. Okay, so that's the accusation. That she's made. Well, so... <laughs> so which one uh, do we want, a Republican I, I, wife beater we, or a Democratic We talked about this before. Republicans are capable of not just holding their nose, but putting on an entire gas mask for anybody. Look at Doug Mastriano. You know, people view him as being ultra-extreme. He wants to arrest women, imprison them, yes, if they have an abortion. And now, what it, you said yesterday, a group of professors came out against him. Yes, a the, group of people who taught at the Army War College, where he was on the faculty. Uh, with him. Okay. Right, have come out as opposed to him saying he's too dangerous to democracy. Right, well. 
George Will had quite quite an informed comment a column a little while ago that was in the New York Times, I guess probably other places too. I'm sure he's all over the place. But in any event, saying how dangerous it is that if you allow him to uh, com- uh, to void the registration of everybody in Pennsylvania and then uh, de- had, uh, appoint his own head of Department of State to run elections, that you have a recipe for real disaster in terms of having one individual controlling and manipulating the election. So, uh, But he's going to be an asterisk in the people who also ran history shortly, so that much well, we're I not going to have too much to worry about. His ability to do such a thing is dependent upon everybody else acquiescing. If somebody doesn't acquiesce, it would be pretty obvious that the governor was trying to override the votes of the people. I don't think he could do it. I don't think he no, would try to do so it, either. to be honest with you. Even our Republican legislature enjoys some common sense from time to time, and I think that uh, the governor would find himself as uh, ultra-extremist. But in any case, by all accounts, he's not going to get in anyway. I know he has a ton, a ton of support around here. There's more Mastriano signs oh, than no anything. Argument. But uh, unfortunately, the, uh, yeah, we're, the, we're the T, and uh, the two dots on either side of the T are going to be controlling. What bothers me is his inability to face his media critics and discuss things with them in an open manner. Yeah, anybody who won't talk to us, we're, we're the gentlest. Or to debate his opponent. Well, yeah, that's another topic. We'll talk about this, though, during the 9 a.m. hour. We have another email we have not gotten to yet, and uh, we'll invite text messages. We'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. Tomorrow's open phones as well. Thursday morning, we're going to hear from the head of the local League of Women Voters why they're not having any debates this year. So we'll talk about that shortly. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We had Leonard Steinhorn earn on earlier talking about some of these divisive races and too soon to say. He used that quote. Joe Biden said, I have two words. No, I'll, I don't I'll know. explain to you. I'll tell you in two words. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not two words in case you're not catching that. So I guess President Biden said that. But uh, Leonard Steinhorn, when asked about uh, the, you know, have Democrats peaked too early? You do hear a lot of pundits and commentators talking about that, that the Democrats have lost momentum and currently aren't sort of gaining momentum on this national body politic. It was I, interesting this morning. I was watching Morning Joe for a bit, and, of course, they are so far left it isn't funny. But they had a pollster on, and he seemed to be right down the middle. He was analyzing the race in a way I don't think they liked. But he talked about how the Democrats have really hinged almost everything on abortion, and you can hear that in the ads against Dr. Oz here. He thinks it's murder. It's awful. He's going to ban abortion abortion in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. But it really is not even in the top five of what's concerning most Americans right now. Well, I think if inflation stays high, that's all there is. You know, that's going to be everything. Inflation and the economy, yeah. So, you know, and President, I heard Pete Buttigieg on Face the Nation over the weekend. You'd have thought that the economy was booming booming, and everything was uh, roses, coming up roses. He's like, oh, we're having having the best economy we've ever had. Joe Biden is the second 
I'm like, coming. do you not shop? <laughs> you know, the, you obviously don't do the shopping in your household because we've morphed from things up, uh, everything being up to just plain gouging out there. You know, obviously companies are gouging Look, on can, some of these things. if you can things. go in any place and buy anything and not notice how the prices have changed, even soft drinks it used to be like $8.90 for 24 at Walmart. Now it's $11.80 or something like that. Just soft drinks. Mm-hmm. And candy, M&M's, a bag of Halloween M&M's used to be 2 for $6 at uh, Giant. Now they're like $4 a bag. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, and so. it's it's uh, incredible. Now, I know this because I do the shopping for us. Right. Well, and I know uh, I do not do the shopping, but uh, my lovely bride comes home on the weekend and says, uh, honey, we've been gouged. Okay. Yeah, it's just well, that she's simple. not wrong. You can't go from something that's $2, and then you have a little bit of inflation, and it's $8. Okay. Well, and I think at the national level, if you read in the Wall Street Journal, they talk about companies that are deciding to raise prices, even though supply chain issues have eased somewhat, although Pete Buttigieg said over the weekend they have been solved. So oh, really? Between well, the I'm companies so that are actually doing the buying and Pete that buys nothing, apparently, uh, he thinks it's been solved. But anyway, uh, one of the reports over the weekend in the Wall Street Journal said the supply chain issues have aged, but companies are uh, continue to hike their prices because consumers have to accept it and are back in the mode of accepting that things are going to cost more, even though it's disproportionate to what it's costing the company. But, and there, there are other issues, too, and I was involved with this. One of my favorite things is Cope's dried corn in a can. Okay. I've loved it. It's no, there's, Thanksgiving isn't the same without it. And you can't buy it. The only place I found it for sale was on eBay for $55 for a case of six. And something that normally costs $1.39 a can. So I sent an email to Hanover Foods. They're the people who make it. And I asked what the story was. Did they stop it? And they wrote back and said, unfortunately, uh, due to labor problems, we can't process it properly. And so we've suspended making the product until such time as our labor issue are over. So you still have that. There are these jobs out there going begging. Biden claims he created 10 million jobs. What really happened is the pandemics eased and the restrictions eased and people went back to work. But they haven't. There's still a lot of jobs going begging in this country. Well, a lot of... uh Nobody wants to work. Have you heard that sentence anywhere? Quite often. <laughs> Every, everywhere you go, you go to the dry cleaner, the owner's at the counter, and he says, well, nobody wants to work. Or, you you know, you go to uh, go to a doctor's office, and there's only two staff members supporting the physicians and the PA there instead of four. And uh, uh, the head of the department, she says, nobody wants to work, you know. And, and on the Wall Street, or on the uh, America's First News today, one of the analysts that they had on today says there's going to be another wave of resignations coming as we approach the end of the year as more people uh, just say, well, hmm, I don't have to kill myself. I'll just work less. So what are they going to do? Well, I think a lot of people have spouses that earn or more than them uh, and they're in their 60s and they know they'll get by uh, with a little less revenue and they then they avoid the expenses that might be associated with working, the transportation and that sort of Think so. Um, Just taking Social Security early, you're saying? Well, not necessarily that, um, although some may do that too. But uh, yeah, nobody wants to work and everything's up and there's some price gouging going here on. Here you and I are working. Well, like a dog. <laughs> well, you're you're retired, but you have uh, you get a stipend for, for having. Uh, 
this is work. Work. We yeah. have to prepare for the show. Well, we you work. Yeah. I, I, for me, this is, uh, well, uh, moving on. It beats working. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. All right. Uh, on the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Stan has been in line two times, so we're going to go to him. Then I'm going to do news headlines. Stan, you were wondering, would he launch into the headlines or not? So the answer is or not. Or not, or not. I don't know. Uh, Steinhorn was saying about how uh, Fetterman's people should be going getting after Oz because they, he supposedly makes fun of Fetterman and his and his in, incapacity to do his job. Would that would that be what he said? Because that's what I understood it to say. I think I, I don't recall Oz making any type of statement. There was one thing he said when they were trying to organize this debate. This was about three weeks ago. Oz's campaign manager, not Oz, said that, oh, and by the way, if he needs to have medics standing by, we'll pay for that, too, in case he needs the attention of a medical professional immediately. Uh, you know, believe it or don't, at the time I thought it was a serious offer, but uh, Fetterman took it as a diss, and maybe everybody else sees it as a diss. So, but that's what all that comes from—one comment. Oh, okay. So Oz, being a medical professional, is concerned about Fetterman's health because he's recently had a stroke, and because it shows all the time that he's had a stroke and he's incapable of speaking in a normal manner. That's suddenly making fun of him? Well, and the other thing Apparently. is that uh, Dr. Fetterman said over the weekend... Dr. Philip, Fetterman. Or, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Dr. Oz said over the weekend that uh, Fetterman, yes, has auditory problems, and that's the closed caption, but every time he speaks to it, he mushes words. That's not auditory. That's a speaking issue. True. Exactly. So if, if, if Fetterman, by some uh, catastrophe, how should I put it, becomes the senator for Pennsylvania, and he still needs to have closed captioning because he can't understand what people are saying, I guess we have to make that uh, uh, concession, right? Well, and I Because think he's incapable of doing the job. I, I, and I think that's an okay thing. You know, we certainly have millions and millions of individuals who have an impairment or a handicap who need an accommodation at work. It, that doesn't really bother me. But what does bother me is the fact that uh, can he cognitively, is he the same inside, I guess I'm asking. It bothered you when it was a religious accommodation, my friend, which we discussed the other day. That's another topic. <laughs> you don't have, religion isn't imposed on you by the clog of an artery, okay? You choose well, to, your possible. religion. <laughs> and anyway. now, now it's yeah. Go ahead. As far as Fetterman's concerned, you know, people say, "Well, you're one issue voter." Well, as far as Fetterman's concerned, it's multiple issues that I couldn't possibly vote for him for. You know, he, he's an open border guy because he's married to an illegal. Although. I will put it out there. She supposedly has her citizenship, and I'm not sure how that happens when you come here illegally. I'm not. I'm not sure how that happens, but that's that. Be what it may, that's the case. He wants to tax the rich, which you know will not happen because the rich never get taxed. They're, they may go up a couple percentage, but they just pass their you know increases along because they're capable of doing it, and they find have the good lawyers that can help them not pay more taxes, okay? 
and a whole host of other things. He's anti-gun. I don't care. Oh, he has a shotgun, everybody says. He's not anti-gun. Yes, he is. He's a Democrat. He will go to vote for anything that strips Americans of their Second Amendment rights. But then how will, okay, he ch- just, how will he chase people that he considers to be a threat in his neighborhood who happen to be colored or people of color? How would he How would he, uh, how uh, would he, how would he do that? There, Moving on. There, there is the rub. See, the elites will never live by the rules that they make for everybody else. That's the way it is. Because they want to strip everybody else of their means of self-defense, Joe, but they will still have their armed security to protect them. In their gated communities and blah 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 blah. Yeah, forget who that uh, black congresswoman is who is largely yelling about to fund the police and yet has spent some like three hundred twenty thousand dollars of her campaign funding oh, on personal security. Yeah, and I can't remember her name. She's from Missouri. I yeah, think. I can't remember St. Louis area. But it's certainly uh, but hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the hypocrisy runs deep. That's all I can say. You know, sure, Republicans aren't perfect. I understand that. And <laughs> and for some of you know, E.B., he, he gets on there and complains every day that the Republicans are just pure evil. Well, E.B., look in the mirror, okay? Democrats have been pretty evil. Anybody that supports abortion is pretty evil. You know, and they're saying Oz says that it's murder. Well, it is. And now Oz can't, and I'm sorry, Lindsey Graham says he's going to put a bill out to to codify into law to ban abortion nationwide. I'm sorry, it's not the federal government's job, according to the Constitution. So the Republicans in that case would violate the Constitution, and the Democrats saying they want to codify abortion into law, saying that every woman can have it, blah, 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 is also unconstitutional. Tenth Amendment does not give them the power. That power rests in the states. That's true, but I don't think we—I don't think we want to send women back to the days where it was a back alley procedure with coat hangers. I'm not willing to—I'm not willing to do that. I, well, I'm—I don't think anybody is. So we have to have some kind of an accommodation. Well, see, and that there is the problem, isn't it, Joe? I have no well, rape, incest, okay, and the life of the mother. Okay, that was what it all started as. Was it rare, safe, and legal? Was it that the, the mantra? That was Bill Clinton's mantra, yes. Yeah, okay. So, if a woman's raped and she decides she doesn't want to carry the child, I can understand that because that's a serious, you know, psychological effect. I understand that. If the mother's going to die from their atopic pregnancy and stuff, but that's a medical, medical procedure because the fetus is forming outside the uterus. Am I understanding the, the, the way that works? Well... If it's allowed to grow, the mother will die. Plain and simple. That, okay, that I understand too. And incest. You know, that baby more than likely will not be good. You know what I'm saying? It will not be gotcha. properly, uh, whatever. Anyways, so those are, the, those are the exceptions. Abortion should never be used as birth control. There are plenty other methods to use for birth control. You know, and women say, well, you're taking the power away from them. No, the women have all the power. I'm sorry, except in the cases of rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Those cases, they don't have the power. But all other cases, they have the power to stop a pregnancy and to prevent it. All they have to do is say, two-letter word, no. Plain and simple. And, and everybody well, will say, well, that, that can't accurate. happen because whatever. All right, we got you, Stan. Thank you so much, though. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, uh, I'm sorry. Thank the, you, Stan. The commercial supporting uh, Fetterman says that uh, Pennsylvania women are outraged. Are they? 
<laughs> it's not I on the think top they five were list when of... Roe v. Wade came out, but you know that that was so long ago. I think that may be why President Biden chose not to heed the fact that it was leaked in advance, is because then we were eight months from the midterm, so it didn't. Well, so far, it wasn't going to have any impact. Nothing has changed, right? Okay, has it? Uh, no, but we have a constitutional amendment related to abortion that's coming up on our ballots, and um, the house the house is interested. No, it's worded backwards. I don't, I'm not sure what it says. We can call it up. It's been advertised a couple times. I just saw it in the Sullivan Review, so oh, okay. it's real. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'll take a quickie break. Then we got headlines. Talked to Leonard Steinhorn earlier, one of a good caller, so concerned about gasoline prices being manipulated in time for the midterm elections by our president and Social Security being manipulated. And our good caller just now uh, really uh, calling attention to the abortion is a major concern uh, for him. 1-800-795-9565 the open line. Email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, now we launch into headlines, uh, but in the meantime, let me reiterate, you can call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM in your text, then you've got 150 spaces left that you can uh, put your two cents in there. Northcentralpa.com reporting a Jersey Shore man has been charged with homicide by vehicle after a traffic crash in 2021 that claimed the life of a 78 year old Northumberland resident Robert Harrow said he didn't see the car in front of him until it was too late. Charles Lehman died about uh, two weeks later. And 42-year-old Harrow's truck hit Lehman's uh, car, pushing it into an oncoming lane. You can read more about those charges at WKOK.com. Inflation has hit Sunbury's parking spaces. The city of Sunbury's parking fees are doubling. Mayor Josh Brocious says the parking meter fee will go from 25 cents to 50 cents per hour. Parking fines will go from $10, which was too much, to $20, which is ridiculous. Oh, I'm sorry. That's an editorial comment. City but an accurate one. Uh, thank you. City officials say they're looking to implement a new text-to-pay system so residents don't have to use change at the parking meters. Other increases would be the increases in the all-day parking passes that are available. They'll more than double. Uh, PA Department of State has issued several new advisories and directives to counties ahead of the November 8th election. Of course, David Payne has that story. The most significant change deals with mail-in and absentee ballots where a mistake is found on one of the envelopes. Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman says as long as the ballot itself is filled out correctly, it will still be counted. 
we advise counties that undated and wrongly dated mail ballots are to be counted. We also clarified that all mail ballots that have tape on their inner and or outer envelopes should be counted as well. In addition, counties are directed to report any problem with voter intimidation at mail-in drop boxes just like they would at polling places on Election Day. A full list of directives can be found at vote.pa.gov. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Penn Live reporting this morning Pennsylvania's rules for handling undated mail-in ballots is once again a matter before the court. The state and national Republican parties filed a lawsuit Sunday challenging Governor Tom Wolf's administration's guidance to counties to include undated mailed-in ballots on their official vote count. The Republican National Committee, the National Republican Congressional Committee, and Pennsylvania Republican Party, along with eight registered voters, filed the case in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court asking for an expedited review of a case deal with undated mail-in ballots. Specifically, they're asking for the state's high court to skip a review by lower courts and to order undated mailed ballots not be counted. At minimum, they ask the court to order the segregation of incorrectly dated or undated ballots. They point out state law specifically states that anyone using an absentee or no-excuse mail-in ballot shall fill out, date, and sign the declaration (laughs) printed on the outer envelope of the ballot. However, Pennsylvania his acting Secretary of State last week issued a statement to counties saying votes cast on undated ballots should be included in their official count. Her statement came in the wake of a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that arguably created ambiguity about how counties should handle mail-in ballots. Uh, let's see. That's that. Okay, so that's that. And finally, uh, in western Pennsylvania, razor blades popped up on political signs uh, Newtown. That's actually in southeastern Pennsylvania. That's funny. AP reporting political signs in southeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah, not western Pennsylvania. Political signs in southeastern Pennsylvania have been found booby-trapped with razor blades, which resulted in sliced fingers. For one resident, Upper Makefield Township Police said Sunday a campaign sign for a Democratic candidate, Josh Shapiro, was placed without permission on someone's property, and while trying to remove it, the resident found razor blades have been placed around the perimeter of the sign. Obviously, this was designed to inflict punishment on anyone who attempted to remove the sign, police said. Police said they inspected all campaign signs and found razor blades uh, placed around the perimeter of signs for two other Democratic candidates, including John Fetterman. Uh, Police said their investigation continues and they warned residents to exercise caution when removing signs placed on their property without permission and to call them if any implements have been installed on those signs. What okay. kind of implements? Razor blades. <laughs> Implement sounds like something. Or a hand grenade. <laughs> a hand grenade, right, to pull the pin. Or a hatchet. Okay. Or other implements. Implements of destruction, a razor blade. Yeah, that's a nasty thing. Yeah, they showed a picture of it on social media. It was uh, two Shapiro signs uh, sort of glued together somehow, but razor blades around the periphery sticking out. Uh, so, yeah, good. just a terrible situation, honest to Pete. Not good at all. But somebody doesn't want those signs touched. All right, we have an email from somebody. Uh, Yeah, this is ready to go. Okay, the carpetbagger argument is a deflection tactic only to be used on Republicans. Was Hillary from New York? Was Obama from Illinois? Was Terry McAuliffe from Virginia? And there's Mitt Romney, Massachusetts, and the Utah. They are all Democrats, and in Romney's case, darlings of the leftist press. Never a question of carpetbagging unless, of course, they express conservative views. Well, I think they were, carpetbagging was brought up and talked about quite a bit, but the Democrats 
Democrats overcame it. So that's what happens there. Sure, and and, and it looks like Oz is about. It's not like they're coming. They're not. They're citizens of the United States, are they not? Yes, and I think. Um, I've said this before. We have heard carpetbagging brought up and talked about in dozens and dozens of elections, but it never results in anybody not getting elected. You know, half the people who accused of carpetbagging get elected. So I I think observers, sort of pundits and either ultra-conservatives or sort of eager Democrats think it matters, but rank-and-file voters, I think they look at the issues and, you know, where is Oz on abortion? Where was, you know, Hillary Clinton on various issues in New York State when she was running up there? Well, I can always remember the uh, great congressman uh, who represented the district I was in in Chambersburg, a guy by the name of Bud Schuster, who went (laughs) on to become chairman of the House Transportation Committee. Bud moved into the district to run for the Congress. You know, he didn't even have to move into the district, but he did move into it. And, of course, they were saying he was a carpetbagger. He came from Virginia, where he had been an RCA executive. And it was horrible. This carpetbagger is running against our own Senator Hall Baker, and he's a wonderful guy, and it shouldn't happen. And yet he won, and he went on to become one of the most respected congressmen in D.C. I think I'm safe to say that Dan Muser moved into the district, that he? he had lived outside, redistricting put him outside of the district that he was already That's right. running right. for. I remember So that. he moved to Dallas. I believe all that sentence is still true. I know he moved to Dallas at one point to be in the district, and then um, I think the district is, I think he's still there, and that's his place. That's what he lists as sort of his home base. So. Well, you know, I have no problem with that. So. You know, you live where you live, and if you're comp- competent to do the job, you're competent to do the job. Well, that's why Congressman Keller was saying that even though he has got carved out of his district, he was willing to run in another. You know, he could still be a leader, and you'd have to run against Dan Muser. They used to be friends. I wouldn't say that I see them together anymore, but... Uh, well, he didn't run against him. Right. No, he did not. He chose not to in the end. But he would have had... Uh, Fred Keller would have had to run against G.T. Thompson, which would, would be difficult to unseat him. He's pretty well-respected, long-time Republican, although he doesn't like you. He doesn't like the Susquehanna Valley Thruway project. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just or you. Con- or no, it's a, he doesn't like Congress, former Congressman Chris Carney either. <clears throat> well, okay. All right. But do you hold a grudge under these circumstances? No, I don't. <clears throat> although we haven't heard from Congressman Thompson. You know, we've reached out a couple of times with no reply. I, th- I think he may have been poisoned by uh, Congressman Keller. Might have told him. Just ignore them. Yeah, ignore them. They'll ask you hard questions on the air. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. That's the email that won't go away. Well, no, he sent it twice. He corrected it. He made a correction in it. Right, and then it had another. It was already opened underneath, so I had to delete it three times. Well, did you hear President Biden made another one of his famous gaffes yesterday? Uh, You mentioned something about this. Yes, prominent Twitter users. Users attempted to fact-check Joe Biden after the president told a reporter that gas has always been $7 a gallon in California. He said, the inflation report is out. Have you seen gas prices around here in L.A.? It's 7 bucks a gallon almost, the reporter asked Biden as he paid for food at a Los Angeles-based taco shop. Biden said, well, that's always been the case here. You know, it's not what nationwide. Gas prices came down about $1.35, and they're still down over a dollar. but we're going to work on housing is the big, is the most important thing we've had to do in terms of that. So in hmm. terms of high gas prices, housing is the problem. Well, in California, housing's a big issue. you got 
tent cities where middle class people are living because they can't afford to get into places. So I, I think the president's right to see what the U.S. can do That's to address housing. That's not what he was housing. talking about, the price of gas. Right, but to say that gases are obviously misspoke there. Um, well... <laughs> I keep saying this. We went from one buffoon to another. Now let's get a real president in there. One of them said Biden, and one of the uh, congressmen, James Gallagher, Republican minority leader of the California Assembly, tweeted, Bidenism at its finest in L.A. today. High gas prices is a housing problem. And Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin offered up his own fact track of Biden. Given the fact that gas was 3.36 a gallon in California when Biden was sworn in as president, false. When Biden was sworn in as president, gas in California was actually less than half what it is today. He tweeted. Yeah, 3.36, and the rest of the nation was paying 2.36. So, uh, gas price has always been about one third or two thirds higher than it was everywhere else. Well, I mean, he's, he seems like an amiable, confused, muddled human being, wandering around, <laughs> shaking hands that aren't there. He'd be a great-grandfather with a, a shore house. You can go visit him and, and go to the beach. He lives walking distance to the beach in Rehoboth. He so. reminds me of Henry Fonda in On Golden Pond, if you've never seen that <laughs> Oh, movie. I have. One of my favorite movies of all time. Great movie. Jane Fonda. And who played the son? Uh, I forget. That troubled young man who always played a, a kid in trouble. Had yeah. that look. Tim, Tim something? Tim Ryan. No, not Tim Ryan. That's a Tim politician. Tim McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> now who are the muddled old men? <laughs> we are. All right. Let's hit the button. We'll be right back. But we would love your call. We're analyzing the body politic, but it's open phones. Maybe there is something you'd like to uh, inject into our conversation. Somebody mentioned Herschel Walker today. Another listener mentioned abortion. Social Security increase, gas price increases. And Leonard Steinhorn was on the line earlier today. You call us now, one 800 795 you can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I'm glad to hear Steve's going to be talking about them Steelers. Yeah, let's yeah, find right. something worth talking about. All right, upper right-hand corner, Joe. All right, Dave says, I feel the only people who should have mail-in ballots would be military stationed away from home. Even handicapped folks can get to Walmart. People use Grubhub and other delivery services to their homes. Why? Because people are lazy. <laughs> Signed, Dave. <laughs> well, a lot of people like to participate via mail. I got my mail-in ballots the other day. You're so, lazy. So we'll be, well, that lazy. Lawrence. I just have too much to do. This will be so much easier. You can't get to the polls. I can look at... Well, I could. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I told you before that Democrats should consider the idea of a, just a conceptual idea, just a conversation starter about the compromising and having an election day instead of all this mail-in balloting if we can get the confidence in the election back up. Just me, one Democrat. I am the only Democrat talking about that yes, idea. Are. But um, you know, I, I think confidence in a, in the elections is is the worst thing that's happened in the past six you or mean seven lack years. Lack of confidence, in right? It. Yeah, thank you. The failing confidence is, right. is the is is the terriblest thing. But is there really justification for that feeling? If your president, I don't think so. Supporters, but, you I don't think so. But I I, I think we everybody lacks uh, faith in all the leadership if you don't have confidence in the election. Yeah, I agree. There, there aren't really any legitimate issues in terms of widespread fraud. Obviously, Governor Wolf took 
tremendous liberty to somehow legally jinx the election, you know, to favor Democrats with the mail-in extensions. Well, now the Republicans so have filed a, a suit at the uh, well, and I hope they Supreme win. Court. I hope they win because then some Republicans will be able to say, "See, there's one little uh, go around that Democrats won't be able to use." Well, this is based on whether or not they should be votes should be counted if they are not dated on the front as required by right. the law. You know, there's too much. It seems like Democrats are kind of fast and loose with laws. They don't want to enforce the border laws. They don't want to enforce the law that says, uh, you know, you must date the uh, ballot on the front. You know, if that's if that's the requirement, why not just do it? And if you forget, well, then too bad. You. How many examples of Republicans violating the law, as we, as you Election and I, laws? Do, yeah, or no, any laws. Well, I can't think of one the Republicans deliberately violate as a matter of protest. Can you? Every time we bring this up, I think of January 6th. So let's strike well, that. Right. That's the low-hanging fruit. Let's think of something else. Well, that wasn't a law. That was a riot. Law. Um, that's not like saying we're not going to honor... That's uh, fine. We, we already tossed it out. Okay. Just accept yes for an answer, will you? All right. I do. So, all right. Anyway, uh, we need examples of where Republicans have broken laws. Uh, lower right-hand corner. You can all read right. all three of those, and we'll get Dan on here. Sounds like the radical Democrats are breaking the law, booby-trapping their election signs. Typical Democrats. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's We all do I'm that. I'm sure EB's going to be infuriated that the Democrats would stick razor blades in their campaign mm-hmm. signs. Uh, let's see. So the SO is instructing county election officials to violate election law when it's criminal charge or when will criminal charge charges be filed against her? I guess that's Secretary of State. Right. Well, so the I, Secretary of State is instructing county election officials to violate election law. When will criminal charges be filed against her? Yeah, and, and this we had the same problem last year when Governor Wolf had changed, or two years ago when Governor Wolf had changed things at the last minute related to mail-in ballots. Right. Pennsylvania and only Pennsylvania, not the U.S. Supreme Court, decides how to run elections. So they're at liberty to twist and turn and do whatever they wish. And then our last text is a real gut-wrencher. said, I just called for heating oil, five eighty a gallon. It was $1.67 this time in 2019. Ouch. Yikes. Ouch, indeed. Well, I heard on Gordon Deal's program this morning that people in New England are going to have to make the choice between heating and eating. Oh, so one or the other. Okay, well, that'll make sense. So we'll have a lot of thin, half Warm. Thin New Englanders. Half thin, thin, half warm Democrats. Uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Well, right now, in the last almost two years, we're paying a higher price of lower living. And that the consequences of the last election is really showing up. And like you people often say on on the mark, you know, voting has consequences. Oh, definitely they do. And right now we're paying for the vote that went through in the last election. Everything, almost everything's worse than it was. And I can't feel real sorry for the people that voted for Biden. I know the young people that he had a lot of young people vote college age. They were brainwashed into voting for Biden. But for older people, I can't feel sorry for them because they should have known better than to vote for a guy like that that was going to 
destroy everything Trump had built up really well. I can't think of anything that went better. I've been told there's been an improvement under Biden in uh, in the Medicare. I understand there's been some improvements in that. So we'll give him that, but I can't give him much else. Well, joblessness is going down and going and you know going lower, but still you have the idea that uh, people won't work. You know, I don't know what the president can do to turn that around. You know places you go where they will tell you nobody wants to work. What can a president exactly. do to to inspire folks to work? I can't think Stop of any. Stop giving them everything for free. Make them give them an incentive to go out and earn their living instead of handing them money. Well, what are they giving? They Who are they giving what for free? Well, all those stimulus dollars, thousand oh, dollars here, thousand right, dollars but I mean there. Now, yeah, stimuluses are done. We hope anyway, but. Um, we're, what are we, about, I think we're, we're seven, gonna, seven we're, trillion in now. We're going to cancel their college debt. You know, let's give them, let's give everybody money. Give Nobody away. needs to put anything into the system. We'll just all take out. Well, we also send and a very important message to loan holders that contracts mean nothing. Right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, even here in town, I think the two Harvey's market, the Dollar General and the Little Italy, the restaurant, I think they all have signs up, need help wanted. Yeah, nobody wants to work. What could the president do about that? Even in a little town like this, there's still need for help. Yeah, what could the president do about that, if anything? And maybe that's just too street level. People don't want to work. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Joe hit on it somewhat there by the stimulus packages and I think some of them are still out there. Oh yeah, but one third of all the money is not spent. So, so that that would be a help, but I don't know. It, but the, when we grew up in our time, the worst thing you could be called was not a juvenile delinquent. The worst thing you could be called was lazy in the German tradition. All of us farm kids, we if our dad called us lazy, that broke our heart. We did not want to be called lazy. That was the worst thing you could be called in them in them times growing up. So but today, I don't think it's derogatory to be called lazy. Right, it used to be. But I, I think now people think to themselves, why kill yourself? Do you have to be on this constant and ridiculous treadmill so that you can, you know, keep... What, getting up and going ex- to work and supporting your family? Wow, well, that's a- I, I don't think just working, but do you have to be, do you have to work 12 hours a day? You know, do I have to work 14 hours a day? People ask themselves this question, you know, or do I have to work seven days a week even though I don't want to, or what, whatever it is, or even if they don't work, you know, they just work to normal full-time job, and and I think a lot of people are saying, well, you know, why kill yourself? Well, what do you want Just in return for not killing yourself? How much how much of an income do you want? How much of a living do you expect to Well, they to have get? to ask themselves that. You know, how are they going to compensate it? You know, so money, you do agree that, that effort equals reward? 
yes, but at the same time, uh, reward isn't everything. Just living in a peaceful and you know faithful, mindful manner is is good enough for a lot of people th- that they don't need to earn a, a gobs and gobs of money. I know tons of professionals around here where they had a two-income household with two professionals earning good living, and one of them stepped off the treadmill for whatever reason over the past three years and never went back. What's it, the unemployment rate in Marktopia? I bet it's high. Uh, we don't actually measure unemployment rate. We, we measure contentedness and mindfulness. I see. So, and it's very high. Very people are contented and they're living mindfully. They're not killing themselves in jobs. They used to advertise pet milk from contented cows. Uh, right. So you have a lot of contented cows in Marktopia. It's hard to get the pets to give the milk, though. They hate that. <laughs> anyway, Dan, we're far afield of where you began, so we'll let you wrap up. Well, you know, actually, when I grew up, Work was a reward. It wasn't uh, like laborious or tiresome. You look forward to work. And I remember them days I looked forward to working in the fields. It was a pleasure. And I think that's where our Amish, I don't always, I bring this up a lot, but our Amish and Mennonite friends that live all around us. They still have that attitude. They look forward to work. It's and being, you know, you get rewarded for your work, monetary money, and also the feeling of doing something great. You know, so I think that's we lost that attitude where work itself is a reward, and. I I had that attitude my whole life working. My last year, I worked. I was doing twelve hours a day, you know, and I actually looked forward to going in. Although it was tiresome, when you come home in the evening, it's a good tired. You can sleep well and get up and do it again. So I I enjoyed that better than sports or anything Working. yeah so yeah, it's it, uh, it's so i'm tired of this hot lower living let's get back to some good sense like we had to, to before two years ago where all right, we, we were you. all progressing getting ahead i miss <laughs> them days all right, okay. well, thank backwards. you dan thank, thank you, you sir you bet. You have a great day. Thank you, you too. guys. Yeah. Good talking with you. Thank you. You too. Yeah, I, I have the same attitude. When that alarm goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning, I dance. I, I jump out of bed. I do the baby dance, you know, swinging You're the hips around. Up, yep, I go, woohoo. My lovely bride says, shut up. I was always just glad to have a place to go every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1-800-795-9565. Why aren't people working? Maybe you know that answer. In what way do many Republicans break the law? Not January 6th, but other topics. 1-800-795-9565. Respond to this email. Go ahead, Joe. says, how about this? Let's put ballots at the border so the illegals don't have to go to the polling places. Oh, many can't speak or understand English, so maybe the ballots could be pre-printed out, pre-filled out, rather democratic 
Signed, Love, Uncle Joe, and Aunt Kamala. There you go. Oh, yeah, we could do that. We Democrats still have van loads full of emergency ballots left over, so they'll just cross out Trump and, you know, write in Herschel Walker or whoever, <laughs> or, or not Herschel Walker, but, who you know, whoever they want to. Write in Fetterman instead. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Give us a buzz. We'd love to hear from you. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. SunburyMotors.com. Uh, they got some unmet needs there. They would love you to work for them. They can't get anybody to work. I guess maybe they would say that there. Uh, for 107 years, they've uh, been hiring entry-level individuals, career changers, technicians, mechanics. So they're looking for more. Go to SunburyMotors.com or call Todd at 570-286-7746. They'd love to talk to you. And they'd love to put you in a Hyundai Palisade. Now, this is the larger SUV. It's got all-wheel drive, so you're going to be able to get around in snow with the whole family. I like to think of it as being able to seat eight hunters going up to the top of the mountain for a drive. Uh, it's on the Kia Telluride platform, so you know it's going to be a good vehicle. Yes, it has uh, forward collision warning, rear cross-track warning, emergency braking, lane-keeping assistant. That's what I need all the time. If my lovely bride's not with me, I need the lane-keeping assistant with me. Uh, and that is just a great vehicle to have. Eh, probably about 48000 at the top end of a tricked-out one. But you can get them for 30-something, 21 miles to the gallon on average, which means you'll be in the upper 20s. And I believe they do have a hybrid version of the Hyundai Palisade. Uh, there certainly is a V6 that's a gas sipper all the time, but they would love to uh, get you in this vehicle. And, of course, it's got the Hyundai quality, so you're going to be happy with that. Hyundai Palisade, available at the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Their inventory of all vehicles is back up again, so they they should be able to do business with you. That sounds like a plan. Okay. Uh, what did we... Oh, we don't have anything No, there. we were okay. talking about uh, President Biden and his claim that gas in California has always been seven bucks a gallon. You know, I really, his grasp of what's going on, doesn't it bother you? It's not ideal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I would like him to be sharper, um, but you know, he's he's still the president that was put in there because we had to get it rid of Donald Trump. So we accomplished that. But look what we got, you know. So he's not the best president. I hate to say this, but he's causing less damage lately. You know, he's borrowing less money. We're up to seven trillion, three of which was Trump and four of which was his. And so, you know, but that stopped. And for some reason, the the American public says, "Okay, stop the handouts." You know, enough is enough. So that's a good sign. 
fine. Joblessness is still low. But uh, unfortunately, inflation and being gouged, I don't know what the government or the president can do about that. I mean, we've gone beyond inflation. Now we're just, you know, something that was $2 last week shouldn't be $8 this week. That's gouging. So we know that's happening. But Do we know that gap price gouging is happening? Uh, they talk about it in national business circles. I don't think the president talks about it or locally, but that some companies have said, look, we got to grab a profit while we can. Our supply chain issue is solved. That's why when Pete Buttigieg said over the weekend uh, the supply chain issues are still critical, you know, I, I certainly know many companies, Hanover Hanover Foods, Foods right. is still have an issue. Or is that a worker issue or a supply chain? Did well, they, they said it was people. They couldn't people, get enough okay. people to satisfactorily process so, the product. Um, I don't know how the president can address the people shortage. But in any event, uh, Wall Street Journal, talk. you know, look it up. Anybody can. You get one or two free articles. Some companies are gouging because they want to boost profits while they can. They know that if a recession comes, they may lose sales. You know, people will buy less. And that, um, you know, so they're going up way beyond the inflated price. Well, you know, the inflation is certainly something that I think is going to drive people to the polls. And I, I, I would like to see the president come up with a specific plan to reduce inflation. He hasn't. This Inflation Reduction Act has only increased inflation right now. Now they say all the benefits are going to kick in next year. Why would you Why would you put forth a program that to solve an immediate problem that doesn't take effect for over a year? One of our listeners says, I'm all for Marktopia as long as the government and tax dollars don't support them. No, we pay out far more taxes than we ever get back. Let them relax, but also figure out to eat food and stay warm on their own. Yeah, we're we're all renewable in Marktopia. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.